Welcome into TYT's The Conversation. It is your host, Adrian Lawrence. Thank you so much for joining us. As we know, things are popping off down there, what, a little south of the equator? Yeah, in terms of Brazil. And fortunately, I have Calvin Dark, who's the Democratic strategist and global affairs commentator, also analyst, and also a principal and co founder of RC Communications. Thanks for joining us, Calvin. Good to be here. All right, so we know thousands of supporters of Brazil's former president, Jair Bolsonaro, broke into the country's congressional building last week and the Supreme Court presidential palace. A lot of those individuals were arrested. And there's so many questions right now with how things are going to proceed in the country, given that it seems to be very divided in terms of people who are ready to move on from Bolsonaro and those who are not. So can you give us an update? Yes, you know, especially happening um, right near the two-year anniversary of January 6th um, in the United States. Uh, Americans, as we watch this, is kind of like you know PTSD seeing this happen. You know, a lot of the same strategies, um, uh, same goals uh, were used by the Brazilian protesters that we saw in our own capital on January the 6th. I think um, what's important now is as things have calmed down a bit. People are rightfully trying to figure out who's responsible. And that goes from the people who actually protested to potentially um, uh, former President Bolsonaro, who has been in Orlando since um, uh, he left office. So a lot remains or a lot remains to be seen. A lot of people in the US, including several members of Congress, are asking that his visa not be renewed. Um, that, like I said, depends on what happens with the uh, Brazilian Supreme Court as they are now allowed the federal prosecutors to investigate Bolsonaro to see if he could be charged potentially with inciting or fomenting um, what we saw there. Indeed, as we learned at the close of last week, that the Brazilian Supreme Court, as you've noted, now they're approving including that ex-president Bolsonaro in this incitement probe in terms of the January 8th riot in Brasilia. And I know that that, as you noted, gives a lot of people here in the United States um, you know, this PTSD in terms of January 6th. And then having Bolsonaro here in Florida, it almost seems like are we being a safe haven toward individuals who are trying to stage a coup to overturn our government? What, like, what is the response here in terms of the Biden administration? Well, I think the Biden administration, they kind of have their hands tied at least now. Because, you know, what regardless of what people think um, uh, Bolsonaro's culpability with what happened, you know, there's there's precedent for allowing uh, former heads of state. He was actually a current head of state when he got to Florida. He skipped out on the inauguration, so I think he had a day or two left in his term. Um, they got to be very careful because you know we don't want that same thing to happen to current and former presidents of the United States when they're traveling. If there isn't you know an extradition order or where he hasn't been charged with the crime. So I'm sure that the Biden administration you know, is considering that, but their, their hands are kind of tied. I do wanna give credit to the Biden administration for doing what I think was the most important thing after this happened. And that was quickly and unambiguously denouncing it. That went a long way for, cuz you know, these kind of things get fomented in ambiguity when people are saying, well, are they protesting cuz they don't like Lula da Silva or they, they weren't sure if the election was fraudulent or not, you don't do that in a democracy here or in Brazil. And Joe Biden's statement 
right after it happened really, really was effective at conveying that. Absolutely, I remember when De Silva took the win uh, that Biden, also Trudeau and Canada and a number of other foreign leaders made sure that they recognized and honored uh, in terms of making phone calls and making sure it was very publicly voiced because there seems to be on an international level this push um, for fascist regimes. And a number of them have seemed to come through in terms of being elected. And then there are others who are staging coups, uh, whether it is a particular leader or even just um, kind of sectors of their governments. But I also want to bring up the fact that what I think they call Bolsonaro the Trump of the tropics, this kind of alignment between the similarity between both Trump and Bolsonaro. Uh, what are people seeing there in terms of um, kind of just maybe the, the fraction between the two men? Well, you know, when all of this happened and I found out that Bolsonaro was in Florida, I thought maybe he was going to be working on the 2024 campaign for um, former President Donald Trump because they are uh, two peas in a pod. Now, granted, they have different backgrounds. You know, Bolsonaro had a lot more government military experience before he became president, but a lot of the same um, uh, policies or or ways of expressing those policies were similar between Bolsonaro and Trump. What's definitely clear is this election denial, even down to blaming a bug in the voting machines in Brazil. And you know, one of the things I've just been really thinking a lot about since this happened was, you know, former President Donald Trump did not invent coups. You know, he did did not invent attempts to overturn democracy. However, what he did do. Um, the attempts at doing that, he gave the biggest platform for democracy there is, the United States, for the for what happened on January the 6th. And it's very clear that people were watching and that some people took that as a license to you know, try the home game. And I think that is one of the things that the United States has to realize. What we do, the world is watching. And I think that it's clear to see that a lot of the, the strategies and objectives and just what unfolded um, was patterned after January the 6th here in our country. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more in terms of um, seeing these copycats going on internationally, whether it's the group that tried to uh, stage a coup in Germany or a number of the other countries going on right now and also the uplifting and uprising in this fascist movement. It's very scary and disconcerting. And I also know that it's kind of a question of Bolsonaro in terms of his longevity, um, especially given that he didn't seem to challenge De Silva's win as uh, expeditiously as he could have. Uh, do you think that that's signaling to us that he may be uh, in a position where he's ready to move on? Well, it, it could be he's ready to move on or it could be that he's planning on a future political move. I will say that one of the things that was markedly different, um, and I wonder this when I saw the protest, is you know if we look at what happened on January the 6th, former President Trump was still President Trump. You know, these protests happened after um, Lula da Silva had been sworn in. So, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder what the objective was. Although one of the um, uh, Bolsonaro former officials that the Supreme Court also included in their order, um, I think they searched his home and they found a draft decree to um, you know, cancel some of the millions of the votes that would have basically reminded me of Georgia. They had, you know, this we need this many votes discounted so that we can win. And I think that's a it's a very serious, and if Bolsonaro had any hands in that, 
and is planning a political comeback, it could be very dangerous for um, a huge economic partner um, with the US and a huge player in the Western Hemisphere. I find it to be very uh, entertaining with the thought that Bolsonaro's people were um, documenting and writing down how they would stage a coup. I can just picture them with like their little trapper keepers and their little pens and writing down, we're gonna do this and then this. It just almost seems very foolish. Um, but in terms of actually punishing them, I would like to hope that Brazil has a better track record of holding officials accountable than the US does. What are your thoughts? Well, one of the things, you know, it remains to be seen exactly how justice will be handled in this situation. But as I was looking at some of the statements, you know, reading some of the orders from the judiciary in Brazil, it seems that they give a lot more weight to inciting. For example, with Bolsonaro, one of the things that he had um, that he had done that people wanted to charge him with or say that he was part of the protesters was a video that he posted. Uh, about you know how the election was stolen and how Lula da Silva was actually you know elected or put in power by the Supreme Court. Now he didn't post that until two days after, you know, so it's kind of hard to say that that inspired people. But what I've heard, what I've seen from the Brazilian authorities is they're saying that was a continuation of this incitement of anti-democracy, and you know. That's some of the same things that we kind of dealt with. So it'll, it remains to be seen if they'll follow through with that. But I think it is good that their kind of bar for supporting democracy is a lot higher than ours is sometimes. Yeah, that, that indeed seems to be the case. And I really hope that is the case. And I know we just have a few minutes left, but since we're talking Brazil and we're also talking about infirmities and shortcomings of our democracy, let's talk about George Santos. I know he is facing kind of simple fraud charges down there in Brazil. And I know it's very unlikely that he would be extradited unless Brazil got very aggressive in seeking that extradition. But what are your thoughts as someone who has that expertise there? Well, you know, I think it's interesting that we, two of the biggest stories of politicians living in the United States have to do with can we or should we get them back to Brazil? I think that what's happening with George Santos. It's 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 now become kind of like the Anna Delvey situation of 2023. I'm really looking to see what the Republicans are going to do because, like I said, this is unprecedented. But it has so so many aspects. You have the international, what's going on with Brazil, also what he did here. I'm I'm sitting back and watching. I just hate that the constituents who voted for him have to have him as a representative until we figure all of this out. Absolutely, but I sure hope that the parameters and things that go into place in terms of vetting people gets a lot stronger and people learn from this situation so we don't have to repeat it. But I know there's also people out there who would love to follow you on social media and also to learn more from your insight. And can you please tell us where they can go? On Twitter, I'm Tails Darkside, or all the rest of my social media links are at calvindark.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. That is Calvin Dark, Democratic strategist. Thank you. Welcome back to the conversation. It's more Adrian Lawrence. And this time we are going to stay what north of the equator. And we're going to talk about Joe Biden and some documents. Yes. And helping me out with this conversation is Washington Bureau Chief for The Guardian, David Smith. Thanks for joining us, David. Thank you. 
Yeah, so toward the close of last week, we learned that Biden is under more scrutiny because there was a second batch of classified documents reportedly found in his possession in some way. Provide us with an update. That's right, so yeah, say it ain't so, Joe. Um, I think what's been striking about the Biden administration so far is uh, very scandal free, very leak proof, uh, a huge contrast with the Donald Trump uh, White House. And you could uh, you could feel the, the reporters and the White House press corps who've been starving for all this time. Uh, suddenly they've got some, some meat to sink their teeth into. There were those uh, first Biden classified documents at his uh, think tank in Washington. And then a few days later, the, the revelation of a, a second batch, uh, this time at his uh, home in Delaware, uh, mostly in a, in a uh, garage, as I would pronounce it in my British accent, uh, near his Corvette uh, car. And um, I think, um, I mean, two points here. One is um, the White House has not handled this brilliantly. Um, normally, this kind of situation, it's best to get all the information out there. And instead, it's been coming uh, bit by bit. Um, and there's... Uh, I've been to some of those White House press briefings where there's a barrage of questions for Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. She's not really at liberty to, to say much in terms of, you know, how did those documents get there? How many are there? Why did the White House not announce this uh, earlier? Um, and of course, the other crucial point here, it's, uh, it's ammunition for Republicans and, and Donald Trump. I think even though the, the two cases are very different uh, with Mar-a-Lago, um, nevertheless, this certainly uh, muddies the waters. Absolutely, and again, as you have mentioned, I know we don't know that much in terms of detail, but it does seem kind of strange how we had come off of weeks of the Republicans nonsense, particularly with their election of a House Speaker. And then all of a sudden, now it seems that the camera lens is turning to Joe Biden in this classified document situation, especially in the wake of Donald Trump and his classified doc. What, what do you think of this? Yeah, I think um, in, in politics, the, the tide uh, turns that way. Um, you have two major parties, you, you see these patterns where one is up for a long time and it seems can do no wrong, uh, the other's in disarray and it just takes uh, one unexpected event to, to flip around uh, the narrative. Um, I mean, what's been interesting is that Joe Biden's been on a great run. Um, uh, particularly last year, he got uh, big climate legislation passed, other measures on gun safety, uh, work for military veterans, uh, the, the infrastructure bill and and so on. You know, people are saying this is the most consequential presidency for, for years, if not decades, um, and some bipartisan achievements. And, and of course, uh, very tellingly, you know, did much better than people expected in the midterms. Uh, Democrats held the Senate, a narrow defeat in, in the House, uh, better than historical trends suggested, and it really, uh, was you know doom for Republicans um, and uh, talk of Donald Trump being ejected from being the most powerful figure there, and all of that may still happen. Um, so uh, this, I think, um, re Republicans will be absolutely delighted that uh, after yet another chaotic week with the election of the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, after 15 rounds and, and a week, uh, finally they get some respite here. Finally, they've been thrown a, a lifeline just when they least expected it. Um, the way that those political events erupt, every White House makes mistakes. This this was one for for Biden. Uh, you know, I don't think one um, or you could argue two mistakes like this with classified materials suddenly changes the narrative, and now it's all doom and gloom for Biden. I mean, we speak at a moment where his approval rating has actually been ticking up. Um, inflation is is slowing. There's still 
a lot of positives um, for this White House, but uh, but certainly uh, it does give Republicans a bit of impetus and, and momentum as they take control of the House and they have this uh, this Biden issue to attack. Absolutely, because I know that one of their agenda items was definitely to attack Joe Biden, but of course, by way of his son, not necessarily him in any form or fashion. But now this kind of gives them something that is more directly tied to Joe Biden himself. But also, it does make us question, would this actually be an issue that is warranting of as much media attention as it's getting if it weren't for Donald Trump being under investigation for having the classified documents in his possession that it seems that he was intentionally withholding, which seems very much a different situation than what we know so far with Joe Biden. And I would argue that it would generally not be that big of a deal otherwise. You agree? I um, I think in so many ways we've seen Joe Biden and Donald Trump's fates intertwined, including the question of whether one or both will, will run again. Uh, and actually get the nominations in 2024. And certainly in this case, um, uh, the idea of possession of classified material is now in the ether thanks to Trump. So of course, uh, when Biden, even if it's a small number of documents, we're told um, that that sort of flares up into a, a big issue. Uh, I think, um, as I was saying earlier as well, it is also in a context where there's been very little controversy and scandal relatively really around Joe Biden and, and this White House. So. You know, here at last is what appears to be a significant uh, misstep that the uh, the media can uh, seize on. Um, I think the other important point here is that um, in terms of uh, the legal situation, probably doesn't change much for the Trump investigation. His case is much more serious in terms of uh, significantly more documents were at Mar-a-Lago. And even after some were handed over, his associates fiercely resisted uh, the National Archives, even a Justice Department uh, subpoena to hand over the rest. I mean, the, the FBI literally had to go to Mar-a-Lago themselves with a search warrant to obtain the rest. And uh, that, that warrant shows um, accusations of obstruction of justice and so on. However, uh, there's reality and then there's perception. And I think the perception is going to be very important here. I, I do think for your average voter, who is not following every twist and turn, not following every nuance and subtlety of these issues. Um, I think it's, uh, they will see the Biden and Trump situations as very similar now. Um, Trump will make much of that at, at his campaign rallies. Um, I, I think this probably does mostly neutralize the issue uh, in terms of Democrats being able to criticize Trump. It's unfortunate because I think that anybody who sees any similarity between these two issues is engaging in intellectual dishonesty. But um, we know that generally a lot of individuals who have backed the far right wing of the GOP have had no issue with intellectual dishonesty. And also uh, it doesn't even uh, require nuance as far as I'm concerned. But then again, uh, people will justify their disdain um, for the president in any way in which they can. Uh, but I do find it to be rather interesting because um, again, it seems that these documents were located and to our knowledge that Joe Biden's attorneys automatically contacted National Archives and whomever needed to know and followed all the processes and procedures and was very open and forthright about what was going on. And the reality is that these like these things kind of happen. And I just, I can't 
see Joe Biden necessarily being the type to engage in the same antics that Trump would in terms of obstruction of justice um, with uh, the classified documents in any way. And I'm wondering, do you think that the average American uh, who is participating in these polls about Joe Biden and whether they uh, support his presidency will also uh, have the ability to distinguish, or do you think that they are going to see them as being the same in terms of Trump and Joe Biden? And I think you make an important point that uh, that yes, Biden's lawyers did the exact opposite of Trump's, and they they immediately contacted the National Archives and handed them over. They you know they did the right thing, but um, uh, as I touched on earlier, I I do suspect that um, in the general hurly burly of political discourse, um, you know, vast majority of Americans, like in any other country, they're they're busy doing the school run, they're shopping, they're doing their work, they've got other things that they're, they're not following every twist and turn. The, the the vague headline, the concept will be Joe Biden had classified documents, Donald Trump had classified documents. It's a tie, play a plague on both their houses, and and, and they won't care too much about the the details. And I and I just think back to the the 2016 presidential election, for example, where Republicans showed their mastery of the the dark arts of this kind of whataboutism, this kind of drawing a moral equivalence. So in that instance, on the one hand, you had Hillary Clinton's uh, private email server. On the other, you had uh, Donald Trump allegedly colluding with Vladimir Putin and, and Russia. And you had lots of other uh, Trump misdemeanors as well. But uh, again, they managed to frame it. So you know, both sides of that got pretty got a pretty similar media coverage and it, it neutralized a lot of problems for, for Trump. So so yes, I'm afraid I, I do think um, Democrats are, are now going to struggle to land many blows on Trump over the Mar-a-Lago documents issue because there'll be immediate blowback. Um, yeah, but what about Biden and his Corvette and, and his garage? Mm, uh, it's an it's unfortunate, and people need kind of that analogy out there in terms of you know people getting audited on their taxes. It's very different uh, than someone who is engaged in tax evasion. Um, but hey, I can't um, get everyone to think logically or to engage in intellectual dishonesty. I can just avoid them like the plague. But in terms of next steps and what the Justice Department should do, uh, do you think that the situation with Joe Biden is going to impact their prosecution of Trump in terms of whether they think that they could actually get a guilty verdict? Should they proceed with an indictment and seeking a conviction? I would hope not. Um, I think I think the legal situation should remain pure. And Merrick Garland's actually done a good job of appointing special counsels in both cases. And I think he probably only did it in the Trump case because of the political sensitivities. But Jack Smith uh, investigating Trump, um, uh, I think, um, will play this straight. Now, uh, if charges are brought, that might be a, a more difficult sell politically. You might see a, a lot of backlash from Republicans. But um, but 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 in essence, I, I I think the Justice Department are super mindful of uh, the the situation. So uh, I would expect the the investigation and potential prosecution uh, to, to 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 go ahead. All right. Well, we will have to wait and see. But in the meantime, where can our viewers find you and follow more of your work? Uh, I'm at uh, theguardian.com. Uh, David Smith, I'm the Washington Bureau Chief, and and yes, uh, just been writing about this uh, classified documents issue and uh, much else that's going on in American politics. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. That's David Smith, Washington Bureau Chief for The Guardian.